0: again friends and welcome on into episode 168 of the sco show proudly a part of the pats pulpit podcast network and brought to you by the great folks at sb nation my name is mark Schofield. happy to be in the big chair for today wednesday january 27th 2021 and today's show is a little bit bittersweet today's show is a recap of day one at the senior bowl and i'm not there so In a sense, it's bittersweet because I'm not down there. I'm missing a chance to catch up with friends, with colleagues, do the networking thing, get a bird's eye on the field view of of a lot of what I'm going to be talking about. But at the same time, thanks to executive director Jim Nagy and everybody that's associated with and runs the Senior Bowl, I still have access to all the practice film. It came out late Tuesday night, so I stayed up late Tuesday night, got up early Wednesday morning, ground – You know, did the film grind thing, and I've got some observations from day one. Um, I'm going to, it's stuff that is already on Touchdown Wire USA Today, but I've got my notebook here. Um, I've jotted down a ton of stuff that I'm going to sort of work through as best as I can. I'll do this, I guess, you know, as the film comes out, I'll do this again Thursday, and I guess I'll do it again Friday to try to get you sort of up to speed with the Senior Bowl and all the stuff that I'm seeing on film as always, if you want more insight on this stuff, if you want to ask me some questions, a great way to do that is the Scosso Slack channel. Uh, you can reach out for an invite um, at Mark Schofield on Twitter, uh, mark.schofield, at inside the for an invite. And you might want to do that if you want to watch this film. That's all I'm going to say. I've said too much already. Uh, before we dive in, though, your usual reminders, follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Uh, check out the work. Uh, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Uh, the three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit. I did a show with uh, Michael Kist that also dropped Wednesday morning, the Palpably Unfair podcast, one of their NFL shows. We talked uh, quarterbacks from Championship Weekend. You can check that out as well. Um, And as I mentioned, USA Today, Touchdown Wire. Let's talk some big picture observations. I'll dive into some nitty-gritty in a second. Um, I've always said that day one is a baseline day. And that's especially true for quarterbacks. Um, You're throwing to guys you've never thrown to before in many cases. You're throwing to um, receivers, running backs that I said you've never thrown to. You're running route concepts. You're running offensive scheme designs that you may not have run before. You're seeing coverages you may not have seen before. You're seeing defenders that in many cases are faster than you've worked against before. And so it's a baseline day. I don't wildly overreact to the first day of quarterback play, and neither should you. I think a better way to approach it is, okay, this is what I saw day one. How do they get better throughout the week? I think a prime example of that was Jalen Hurts from last year. He feeling out day on day one and then really sort of stepped it up in days two and three. And that being said, the national quarterbacks Ian Book, Sam Ellinger, uh, Felipe Franks, very conservative, I'll say. Very cautious. Um... Now, many people might say, hey, look, that's fine. Like Ian Book, um, he had a flood concept against cover two versus um, during the seven-on-seven seven session, the skeleton session. He didn't take the whole shot, checked it down, to do a crossing route working from the backside. You'd like to see him take the whole shot. Uh, Sam Elger, similar play, just a mirrored curl flat. He had maybe a the deeper out, I mean a mirrored smash concept, excuse me. He had maybe the deeper out. Uh, he checked it down. Felipe Frank, same thing, sort of checking it down. And Franks even double clutched on a check down, which I thought was was interesting. But those guys were a bit more conservative. Uh Franks did have one nice throw in seven on seven, a seam route up the left side, uh to tight end John Bates from Boise State, number eighty seven. Showed some aggression there, but somewhat of a conservative start for him. Um Creed Humphrey versus Levi Ozerwenke, that would be a matchup to watch, although as I'm recording this right now, it's announced that Levi, the defensive tackle from Washington, is out for Wednesday's practice. Uh, but that was a battle during Tuesday, even though they were just in shells, no lower body pads. Um, those two went after it. Levi, I think, got the better of Creed Humphrey. or I think Humphrey did do some good work in one-on-one uh, pass blocking drills. Um, but if Levi can get back to practice, you want to watch that matchup because Levi looks great, didn't play last year, opted out. Creed Humphrey is one of the best interior offensive linemen, but Levi worked him a bit at times. Derek Barnes from Purdue, a linebacker. Now, I mentioned a Purdue linebacker, and everybody listening to this show probably thinks Juwan Bentley, right? What was interesting about Bentley was he had people sort of rethink him, particularly after he was drafted, because... Through his draft cycle, everybody thought he's a two-down-between-the-tackles-thumper type. Then he showed a bit more athleticism. People got excited, uh, but then in the NFL, it sort of took a step back. Barnes is different in a sense. He's more of a tweener type. He did some good stuff as an edge rusher, you know, but then when they used him in an off-ball role at Purdue, it was a bit of a question mark. He stood out as an off-ball defender in day one, whether it was in— pass coverage, man-to-man, one-on-one situations against running backs and tight ends, or even if runs support. He had a great run fit against the Michigan fullback, whose name escapes me at the moment, Ben Mason. Um, it was just a gap power play. He read it, filled the hole, stood the fullback up, you know, forced the running back to make a cut at the line of scrimmage. Um, keep an eye on him, and that's all I'm going to say. Keep an eye on this kid. This, Whether it's for the Patriots or another team, I think there's something to work with here. Jamie Newman. He took 2020 as an opt-out year after transferring from Wake Forest to, to Georgia. Um, no rust. Absolutely no rust. He made an early case uh, Tuesday as perhaps QB1 down in Mobile. Now, again, it's a baseline day, especially for the quarterbacks, and we don't overreact to that. But I'm going to overreact for a second. I was very impressed with him. Flashed a live arm. Flashed some movement skills. He had, I think, one of the better throws of the day on a vertical concept. Um, throwing the seam route along the left side to the Duke tight end. Um, moving the safety with his eyes. Getting that safety off the middle of the field post-safety spot. Getting him to work to one side of the field. And then coming back and throwing the seam to the other. It was a very impressive read and throw. It's early. And there's a lot of question marks in this quarterback class after that top tier. You know, if you take the big four, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance, after that it's a question. Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, who's not going to be able to participate in the Senior Bowl because, I guess, of an ankle injury. Um, is Newman the guy that's going to make that sort of leap into day two range like a Jalen Hurts last year? If day one is any indication, he just might do that. That's some initial stuff on the Other side of this break, I'm going to work through the rest of my day one observations from watching the film. That's ahead here on episode 168 of The Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 168 of The Sco Show. Wow, I tripped up over my own name. That's how excited I am right now. Got some more film observations for you again. Going to plug the Slack channel. Why? Trust me on this one. But seriously, though, it's a great network of people that talk Patriots, that talk football year round. And if you're hesitant about it because you're like, look, I'll listen to the show every once in a while. But Mark, I'll be honest. I get tired of you sometimes. That's good because I'm not always there. It's really about everybody else. Not so much me. So if the reason why you haven't reached out for an invite yet is because you're sick of me, I got good news. So there's that. But trust me there might be some goodies in it for you too. Let's continue with film observations from day one of senior ball practice. Day two is already underway. I'm recording this. It's now 1 Eastern in the afternoon on Wednesday. Um, So those practices are underway. Doesn't mean we can't get into some day one observations still. We'll roll on with Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Put that name in Sharpie. Move it to the top of your to-do list in terms of watching wide receivers. Although, I guess that'd be tough if you put it in Sharpie and then try to move it. Maybe move to the top of your wide receiver to watch list, then put his name in Sharpie, and then watch him. It's going to be worth it. I had him as a player to watch going into the Senior Bowl. It's worth it to watch him now. He really stood out day one, footwork, release game, against press coverage. Everybody's talking about this kid right now. He's probably already locked up a day two pick, I'd say. Now the question becomes... How high can he go in the draft? Does he get into round one? That might be a stretch, but when you remember that, look, this is the premier showcase event now for this draft cycle, no combine, just pro days after this, that's impressive. He's going to really help himself if this week continues. Next observation for me, Pittsburgh has some pass rushers. The pass rushing class down here is really good. And I sort of said that going in. Pittsburgh's guys, Patrick Jones too, Richard Weaver, they really stood out to me on day one. Weaver, incredible hand quickness, got some swim moves to him. Jones also showed some ability to sort of dip and bend, run around the arc a bit, showed some ankle flex in that. It's a really good group of pass rushers. I wanted to highlight these two guys initially, but there are some others down here that really sort of stood out to me. Um, Dalen Hayes, Hamilcar Rashid Jr., Aiden Ogendi, um, Carlos Basham Jr. on the Nash, on the American roster, the Pittsburgh guys, and then there's two on the American rosters, number 91 and 92. I'm still trying to figure out who they are. The roster that I've got doesn't have those guys. I need to figure out who they are. I've been asking people. Nobody seems to know who they are. I'm hoping to get on an updated roster um, you know, sometime today, and I will update you tomorrow as to who those players are. But both of those guys Showed incredible quickness off the edge. You know, I'm trying to pull up right now, you know, what exactly that can be so excited about them. Um, number 91 had an incredible chop and swim move on one pass rush attempt. And then there is another one from the 92 guy. Um, hand speed again coming off the edge. Uh, but Quincy Rush, uh, quick inside step and a swim move. You know, Basham had some swim moves. Um, Malik Heron, who's an interior defensive lineman from Georgia, um, violence with the swim move there. Um, there are some guys that can get after it on both sides of the ball in terms of rushing the passer. Um, so when you get a chance to sort of watch the game, maybe get a chance to watch some of the film, trust me, like there are some guys that can push the pocket. There are some guys that can collapse the pocket. If your team needs a pass rusher, you are going to be excited to watch whether it's the film or the senior bowl itself because there are guys down here that can certainly get after it. Wide receivers. You know, I, I mentioned Eskridge, sort of put him to the side for a second. He's definitely one. Um, but on the American roster, Kadarius Tony, Shai Smith, the two Clemson kids, Amari Rogers is one. And Cora, Cornell Powell is the other. Those four to me, you know, when the American squad took the field, really stood out. Now, if you're looking for a X receiver, this might not be the year for it. This might not be the event for it. But there are a lot of slot types. There are a lot of flanker types, Z types that really stand out. And those guys, when the American squad took the field, really stood out to me. I was very impressed with Powell's catch radius, with Rogers' release game and his ability at the catch point. Shai Smith was running away from everybody. Tony has such speed, particularly in the downfield game. He did have a one-on-one vertical route that he caught for a touchdown, but he got away with a push-off. doesn't matter. Guy had him beat. Those guys can flat-out play. Um, day two, if there's an opportunity to get one of those guys, maybe day one. I mean, I don't know if you're willing to go 15 on one of these guys, particularly if they're not that big-bodied X-type, but certainly with their pick in the second round, absolutely the Patriots should be all over one of these guys. Um, if you're looking for an injection of talent in the receiver position and these guys can do some stuff on the outside, keep an eye on them. Patriots probably aren't going to go corner, um, but if they do, somebody that I'm going to go back and do some film work on from Oregon, Patrick Graham. Um you know, one-on-ones are very tough. You know, I mean, excuse me, Thomas Graham. Thomas Graham Jr. from Oregon. One-on-one draws are often tough for the defensive back um, because there's no pass rush and you're covering three, four, five seconds into a down. Um, I've seen some people, uh, Will Blackman, a uh, former NFL player, was watching the film and tweeted out, you know, me counting all the steps on these deep routes. Um, and it was just a gif of somebody sort of losing their mind. You know, it's hard to cover somebody for four seconds, five seconds, but these guys are asked to do it. And sometimes you see people say, oh, wow, look at this route. it's like, yeah, it was like a sluggo out and up comeback. Like nobody's running a route with like five different moves. You're not going to have time to get that stuff off. Thomas Graham from Oregon really flashed to me. Um, And I was reading uh, from Dre Harris from the Draft Network No, because one of the great things about the senior bowl is when you see a player, you're like, man, I got to go back and watch film on this guy. I got to do some work on this guy. After I got done watching the film from Tuesday's practice, I started reading about Graham. I was reading Dre Harris's right up of him, and he said he was great at the catch point. That certainly showed. He had a slant route with a guy crossed his face, a Notre Dame wide receiver, but he was able to still get the pass break up, working around and behind with the right arm to break up the throw at the catch point, but not make any contact that would draw a flag. I was very impressed with that. He had a comeback route where he ran the route for the receiver, and if the throw had been on target, it was a pick six. Uh, But throw was high and outside and, you know, sailed out of bounds. He's making me go back to the film. I mentioned to-do lists. I've now got a working list of guys I want to go back and watch. He's on it. So I was very impressed with him. Two guards— Stood out to me. Um, Actually, a couple of guards that I'll mention. But two, Deontay Brown is a massive human being, but he can play, he can move. You can't bull rush that guy. You know, if you're an interior defensive lineman that's a pocket pusher, forget it. He will swallow you up and drop the anchor. You know, if you're a bit quicker and can swim, you might have some success against him. He gave up, you know, a penetration, a pressure, um, in one-on-ones against a swim move. But still, this kid can move for a man of his size outside zone run game stuff too um so i'm getting up to the second level on some inside run stuff i was impressed with brown trey smith you know he was up against malik heron in sort of an sec tennessee versus georgia matchup trey smith the guard from tennessee uh, heron tried to counter with a spin move smith stoned it to the anchor uh, was very impressed with him and there was another guard that stood out to me um I'm looking for his name right now. Uh, Robert Jones on the national roster. He's number 70 uh, from Middle Tennessee State. Gave up some penetrations in one-on-one, but in terms of run blocking, particularly in gap power schemes, I thought he had a very good day in the inside run and team portions. You know, Anytime they were keeping the ball on the ground, he was doing a very good job at executing his comma blocks or down blocks. So he's something I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, Michael Carter from UNC a lot of people are looking at him I talked about him as a, perhaps a James White 2.0 he had a great run an inside run on a power design he had a jump cut in the backfield away from linebacker Chad Surratt who was a teammate of his at UNC and then dipped under Ohio State linebacker Tuff Borland I mentioned Borland he's off to a rough start we'll just put it that way um, but Carter seemed intriguing to me definitely somebody I'm going to keep an eye on uh, tackle Dylan Raddance The kid from North Dakota State, he's got length, uh, 33-plus-inch arms, and it shows. Uh, He had a great pass rush rep where he got into the frame of the pass rusher, locked out those arms. Um, Guy tried to counter with a spin move, but he was able to lock that up as well. He flashed at times to me. Um, Notre Dame's Aiden Ogendy got some swim moves to him, got some movement skills to him. Some of the Notre Dame linemen, Robert Hainsey, um, Aaron Banks, um, th- those guys looked really good. Hansy had some reps, both at right guard and right tackle, um, had great technique and hands against Teron Jackson, the coastal state pass rusher, um, when he was aligned at right tackle. So I was impressed by that. Um, trying to make sure I've covered everything I wanted to hit Thomas Graham, wide receiver pass rushers. Yeah. So that wraps, that wraps it. Um, those are my film observations from day one. As I said, day two is ongoing. As always, you can reach out on Twitter at Mark Schofield if you've got takes, if you've got questions, want an invite to the Slack channel. Like, again, encourage you to do that because you don't always get me all the time, which is probably nice. But that will do it for today. I will be back tomorrow with another practice recap. Until then, friends, stay safe, wash those hands. And when you do, sin along. Bless those Patriots reigns down in Fox.